With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Nerd Party. They can travel anywhere in time and space. Up we go into time and space. So all of time and all of space. Sitting out there. Welcome to Time and Space, one married couple's adventure through the Doctor Who universe. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her holiday companion, Philip Gilfus. And it's just for the holidays, and after that, you have to get out. Luckily, you're always on holiday. That's true. Hooray! (laughs) (laughs) So, it's Christmas today! Happy Christmas, everybody! Merry Christmas! Yay! Okay, it's not really Christmas, but... It's got to be Christmas somewhere in time and space, so this week we're going to talk about the first 11th Doctor Christmas special, A Christmas Carol. It aired on Christmas 2010 as a bridge between Matt Smith's first and second series. A honeymooning Amy and Rory find themselves about to crash land on an alien planet, and their only hope is that the Doctor can change the heart of Scrooge, or... Uh, No, no, it's... um, Not Scrooge? No. Kazran Sardik. Ah, okay. So change the heart of Kazran Sardik in time for Christmas. It's completely different, darling, than Scrooge. Completely different from Scrooge. Okay. (laughs) Well, I think it's very interesting now. You have been playing with Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol, for, you know, a few years now. Yeah, about six or seven years now, uh, putting on a variety of different shows, uh, doing A Christmas Carol as a pub crawl, doing it as a dinner show. I Um, mean, you've literally written your own adaptation. That's correct, yes. I wrote the adaptation in August, many, many moons ago, on my way up to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So, I thought the first thing we could talk about is comparing... The Doctor Who a Christmas Carol to the Charles Dickens Christmas Carol. Obviously, you know, it's the template, but I thought, about, thought it'd be interesting to talk about sort of what the direct parallels were. I mean, obviously, you've got the Scrooge character, but I thought there were a lot of little things that I thought they brought into the Doctor Who universe. Like, like for instance, a surplus population is how they refer to the room full of fridges. The little little baby Kazran was like, my father calls it the surplus population. Yes, yeah, which is a great reference. And of course, Matt Smith, the Doctor, makes references to being the ghost of Christmas past and things like that. So, uh, Yeah, and that was one thing I wanted to talk about, how you thought the ghosts were represented. Because you have... The Doctor, as you say, being the ghost of Christmas past, but instead of taking Kazran to the past, he travels, because he's the Doctor, to Kazran's past and is with little Kazran. Yes, which I really like, and then like the bit where little Kazran and grown-up Kazran 
end up facing off a little bit. Right. Um, I think that's a nice moment. The doctor goes into Kazrin's past rather than the other way around. It becomes this really interesting switch when they face off. Right. And sort of messing with memory. Um, Because at least, I don't know, maybe it's just this series, but Matt's series always seemed to have this sort of time can be rewritten thematic element that would be repeated every now and then. Yes. So I think started with here, sort of where it's very explicit. I think Amy says to Kazran, time can be rewritten, and then he says people can't. Um, But 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 then you have Christmas present being Amy. Yes, of course. As the hologram, who who brings the holograms to Kazran and then makes Kazran a hologram on the spaceship, just sort of representing these are the people who are going to die, given the confrontation. Yes, and bring him yeah full into an immersive A Christmas Carol, which is just the way I like them. <laughs> and then, like, as you said, I thought it was a spin on Christmas Future, or Christmas Yet to Come, however you want to call it, because I think he, he, or at least, you know, Stephen Moffat wrote this, but Kazra and Stephen, whatever you want to do it, kind of anticipates what you think. Because Kazra says, yes, I know, I'm going to die alone and afraid, as everyone does. What's the big deal? And you're like, oh, well, I guess they just, that's usually what Christmas Future does. Yes. But instead, as you said, they do the spin on it, that it's not him, it's little Kazra. Yes, yeah, which I really like, and I think that's really lovely and sweet, because He's got that moment of, I don't care, you can't show me anything. As you say, when when they scr- show Scrooge that, when Dickens shows Scrooge his future, that's not the way he wants to live. But Kazrin has already come to terms with that. Um, but then the opportunity to look back at his younger self and realize that he can make that change, to borrow a phrase from Michael Jackson... And rewrite history and rewrite memories is, is really nice. Because one thing, and I think you can see it in Christmas Carol, but like I said, you've played with it more. You know, sometimes when you look at the Dickens Christmas Carol, you're like, I don't know, Scrooge kind of changes on a dime a little bit sometimes. I mean, there's the gradual things that he learns, but it's sort of like, you know, oh, I, I'm alive. It's good. I'm, I'm good now. And, I, and you know, sometimes I think that can be a struggle with the story for me. Of, of seeing that change, but then with this one, when you sort of get the flashbacks of him, you know, about to hit his, his younger self as his father hit him, and then you sort of see the flashes of that, and with his flashbacks to Abigail, and then it sort of crushes him, and he literally, like, you know, falls into tears in his younger self's arms. I think that's when I can sort of buy the, you know, the desperation. And, of course, I think we get sort of a, a, an interesting explanation, because compared to Ebenezer Scrooge, you know what was his reason for being twisted? You know what would what was Dick? And this, you can I don't know. This might be an actual answer. Um, why was he uh, stricken, or why was he crooked, or why was he you know the way he was? Whereas Kazran, you know, you have this interesting sort of Scrooge template at the beginning, but then we learn through the changes of the Doctor the reason so is because of this love of his life having one day like a miser yes. as another good touch I thought for the Christmas Carol. Um, you know, being a miser, and, uh, you know, that's what's twisted him, because why does he care? You know, everyone's going to die sometime, you know. When do you choose? When do you choose? Yes, and I think, I mean, I like you see with Kazran, I think you do see it with Scrooge and Dickens, you know, you get bits and pieces. The little child left alone in the schoolhouse, um, 
his fiance breaking up with him because he's turning too far into money. You know, you see, you get those glimpses and you see similar things with Kazrin, you know, as you say, when he gets ready to hit his younger self and you realize that's what the way his father treated him and, oh, that makes sense. You know, this is why. Uh, so Matt Smith is trying to rewrite, I guess, that psychological pain and put something else there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting as far as world building or a setting because, you know, you think Dickens' Christmas Carol, you think, you know, Dinkinsian, Victorian England, which they created that, but I thought they did a spin on it that made it alien and believable. Because, I mean, you have these sort of, like, people wearing these goggles. Oh, yeah, it's a little, it's it's Victorian <laughs> steampunk, absolutely. But then just, like, the little with the speakers playing the Christmas music, and then, of course, just the whole concept of fish in the sky and, yes, and all yeah, these things. yeah. Which, again, is something that Doctor Who is famous for, taking something we're very familiar with and putting down new roots to it, you know, thinking about when uh, uh, the Doctor and Amy and Rory end up in the Wild West and the cyborg is there. And it's actually a cyborg this time, not a cyberman, which, <laughs> which Philip keeps fussing at me for confusing the two. But the cyborg... And the scientist, the, the doctor that he's trying to kill. And, you know, so you've got this Wild West world. And it is the 1800s on Earth. But they have electricity. Because this doctor has come in and set up electric lights and things like that. I think that's something that Doctor Who does that I personally enjoy a lot. <laughs> okay. Of course, the thing about Matt Smith's uh, Christmas special is that they, they tended to have this theme of, of English works. So you have Dickens' A Christmas Carol, and then you would ha next have a Lion, Witch, and a Wardrobe from C.S. Lewis. Okay, so, yeah, so I suppose it is. Yeah, I don't think I'd necessarily made that connection. Yeah. What about the snowmen? I don't know. Well, is also you have sort of the <laughs> Dickensian Victorian England once again. Well, that's true, yes, in terms of the setting, and a little bit the old guy who's stuck in his room, but he doesn't really get redeemed. Well, it's a bit of, and I don't know what you say would be the specific English novel that this goes from, but sort of the, the typical story of the, I don't know, Sound of Music or whatever, you know, the the bachelor with the children and the dead mother and the nanny comes. and Oh yeah, that could be any sort of, you know, <laughs> Bronte novel, exactly. name a Bronte novel and you're, you're there kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was sort of interesting when they started off here with Christmas Carol and just Hey, we're going to just do English classics for, for Christmas. I was like, that's hey, interesting. Yeah. yeah, why not? Why not? Because it's all about the making their own spin. Now, most Christmas specials in Doctor Who are all about bringing in some guest stars, and this one was no different. Uh, and uh, it had, I don't know, a pretty big name, or at least he's certainly done a prolific amount of work, and that's Sir Michael Gambon, uh, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think so. Um, who's done a million things. Of course, I think maybe popularly known as Dumbledore from the Harry Potter movie series, at least for the second Dumbledore. I was going to say, part two. Yes. Dumbledore part two. After he regenerated. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. But how, what did you think of what he brought to the role of Kazran? Oh, I just think he's so delightful. He's one of, to me, the old men British icons, you know, like a Sir Ian. Yeah, like a Sir Ian and a Sir Patrick. And yeah, I, I just think he's delightful and plays a grumpy old man just beautifully, as we have seen 
in in all of the the fantasy pieces that he's done. I think it was sort of a interesting role where you have to play having your memory changed and how you show so that. On yeah, and so how do you show something that inherently can't be seen? Uh, Somebody's going through the photographs and you sort of see the warmness on his face, but then and then the, the painting changes in the background, and then but then he comes back to it again, and then again reflecting the the different changes he's going through. And also reflecting the again, as I said before, the fact that his twisted soul now has a different origin. Mm, yes, yeah, <clears throat> which is an interesting idea—the mm -hmm. idea that you know the twisted soul doesn't necessarily change the meaning, the way it got there, and the way he deals with it changes, but the you know psychological trauma or whatever is still there. Mm -hmm. And Catherine Jenkins, yes. which very memorable in this role. Um, I mean, just because of the voice, she's, I don't know anything more than that. She's a Welsh singer, but I know she's actually, maybe I don't know if you know more than I do about I, her. Well, she is probably, probably Wales's most famous soprano. Although people may uh, argue that Charlotte Church gave her a good fight for a little while. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, she's just the go-to Welsh singer. I think she sang at the 2012 Olympics. Um, she's just the person. So, <clears throat> But I thought, you know, because Doctor Who kind of does that, they bring in, because Doctor Who brought in Kylie Minogue, of course. You yes, know, I mean, of course, absolutely, who is not a famous British singer. She is definitively Australian, but yes. Right. And, of course, Billy Piper. Yes. Uh, with her one-hit wonder. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I thought uh, Catherine held her own in this one. I mean, she's very breakout, I think, in this. If, if you didn't know her already, which I certainly didn't, but if you didn't before, you're like, this woman can sing. I want to buy a CD of hers, possibly. <laughs> you know. Excellent, excellent. Yes, and I thought acting-wise, she did, she held her own. Mm -hmm. You know, she she did a fine job. Because I think one thing about the Christmas specials, and it's not true across the board, but I think more so with the Eleventh Doctor than with the Tenth Doctor, and since those are well, other than the Twelfth Doctor, the only Christmas specials to choose from, is that I think the Tenth Doctor Christmas specials, and correct me if I'm wrong, tend to be about him. You know, he is the hero of the tale. But I think with the Eleventh Doctor, he does a lot to push out the other characters. You know, so I think this, because this story is about Kazran and Abigail. Yes. I mean, the Doctor's uh, there yes, as well. You, yeah, so um, you're said, suggesting that the 11th Doctor facilitates change rather than is the change. Right, and even with, I know it's not called Lion, Witch, the Wardrobe, but even with the second one, it's more about the mother and the children. Absolutely, yeah, he just happens to be along for the ride to facilitate making sure everything comes out all right, but it's absolutely the mother and the children who, who save the world kind of thing. Okay, now the snowman. Or the trees. Yeah, the snowman is about him. I'll, I'll grant you that one. Um, Although it's a lot about Clara. Mm -hmm. And the uh, gang. And the gang, <laughs> yeah. But, oh, that's a good singing group. Clara right, and, and the, the gang. gang. Yeah, they're big in the 70s. Yeah, no, I remember. <laughs> Clara with a K, if I remember correctly. But even the other, uh, the two other actors who played Kazran, the little boy and the uh, young man, I thought were both very, very good turns. Because again, I'm not saying the most demanding role in the world, but they both had a lot of things that they had to do. Mm. And I thought were interesting, you know, with the little boy, I mean, sort of the little boy adventure with the doctor, which I thought was funny with the... Uh, what were they called? Face spiders that he mentioned and, and living in the closet. And like, 
Are they going to be in that closet now? They're probably in your mattress now. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, then confronting the older self. Mm. That was interesting. And then with the young man having to, 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 you know, the whole falling in love, the romance, and and then the having to be the, the hard-hearted, turning away from the doctor because the twisting of the soul has begun. Yeah. And, of course, the Christmas specials are always going to be sort of warm and fuzzy. But it's interesting because this is actually a bittersweet ending. Yes. Yeah. But I think that's okay because Christmas is bittersweet. Mm -hmm. You still get your warm and fuzzies. But, yeah, at the end of the day, you're going to need a drink. In between the cold and the light or however they phrase it in this mm -hmm. movie special. But, yeah, cause, I mean, I thought that was interesting, you know, getting comparing with Dickens. You know, it's... A happy story, right? Everything's happy. Scrooge is, is good. He gives money to, to Tiny Tim and the and the Cratchits and all is well. And he's giving them charity. All is well in the world. But this one... And he fixes Tiny Tim's leg. That's true. Somehow. We should call him. Yes. Yeah. We, we're, we're currently missing a Tiny Tim puppet. If you, anyone has seen a Tiny Tim puppet, he is missing from our Christmas Carol collection. Yes. He's about three and a half feet tall and he's a puppet. Right. So if you see him wandering around, please send him home. Yes, his mommy misses him very much. Oh, uh, well. His mommy's just freaked out by the idea of him being out there. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, so the, the bittersweet ending, because, you know, Kazran is quote-unquote cured, but then he has this last happy day, but then, I don't even know, where do you go from there, I suppose? Yes, yeah. Yeah, and we don't, you know, even in the actual Christmas Carol, you know, you get that happy ever after, but let's be honest. You know, where do you go at the end of your redemption story? How how possible is it for someone who has been so stuck in a place change permanently right. on such a grand scale? Mm -hmm. You know, does he take up yoga? <laughs> um, so, yeah. I also have an issue, and if I were Amy, I would also have an issue. Why are you dressed like that? No, because if you remember correctly, of course, the doctor visiting young Amy Pond says, I'll be back in five minutes, and it's 20 years later right. that he returns. However, he manages to hit Christmas Day for this guy every single time. In his defense... Right on cue. Bam, 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 bam. In his defense, the TARDIS had just repaired itself, uh, if you remember. Yeah, no, if, if I were Amy, I would be very cross. But then she, what would you call her besides the girl who waited? The girl who was on time? You know, that does, does Well, no, then it becomes the guy who was on time. The girl right. who didn't have to wait for the stupid guy who couldn't get his TARDIS to land at the right time. Yes, yeah, he doesn't fit in a bumper sticker. I think you could make it fit. <laughs> so did you have any particular favorite moments from this Christmas special? Obviously, anytime Catherine Jenkins sings. Yes. No, yes. I mean, I, 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 because I don't know if they've actually released this as an official soundtrack, but somehow, and I really don't know, I'm not just trying to be coy about it, um, I have the soundtrack somehow on digits, so it was very interesting to listen to, because, you know, it's a great song, and I don't even know what it is that she's singing. I guess I should have done some research, you know, whether it's a classical work or if it's newly composed just for this episode, but... Yeah, it's just beautiful, and all, all of the fish, I just think, yeah, and... Seeing her when she gets to go home for that one day. and Now, I did have a problem with that part. Of course you did, because you're a miser. Exactly. Page. But no, there's a time problem, because, of course, Doctor Who. And, you know, we see in the beginning of the episode, the old sister, her sister, who's now older, with, I guess, I don't know if that was supposed to be her husband or her son or whatever, 
and but they're still the little kid. But when we go back in time to when the sister's young, it's the same little kid. Genetics. Genetics. That's what I'm going with. Genetics. I mean, to be sure, on uh, Kazran looked exactly like his father. So Well, say. I guess. Genetics. But I'm, I feel like they're trying to tell you it's the same kid. I'm like, but it can't It's not. Be. It's genetics. I see. Problem. It's all the genetics. Yeah. That's what we're going with. Also, um, I think one of my favorite moments is literally the doctor coming down a chimney on Christmas. Yes. I mean, if you're going to make an entrance... The doctor knows how to make an entrance. And I think, I don't think anybody else, Matt Smith is the only doctor who could pull that off. Right. Very nimble. Yes. Yes. <laughs> In his floppy, floppy way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I do love the running gag. Is this just the 11th doctor? Is this all of sort of new who, the, the lottery references, you know? Uh, oh, all your help left. Yeah, they just won the lottery. He's like, we don't have a lottery. Yeah, I know. That's how lucky they are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It does seem to be a running gag, at least. I can't remember if it's the 10th Doctor or Jesse Levin. There was always these, the lottery, you know, someone winning. The, someone winning that's sort of the Doctor's trick away. of getting yeah. rid of people. I sort of vaguely maybe remember it in the episode when Donna returns. Mm -hmm. The Adipose episode, maybe. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's a bit of a running gag. So yeah, I, I, did I like, like it. That. I like it. How do, how do you get rid of somebody? Lottery. Yeah. Done. And I also love the, uh, you know... With New Who, of course, we have this, the psychic paper. That's mm -hmm. what we use to sort of cut through the, um, you know, three serials of trying to establish why you've suddenly appeared out of nowhere. But my favorite one where, you know, uh, the doctor introduces himself to uh, baby Kazran as a, the most responsible adult there is. And the kid's like, I just see fuzzy lines. And the doctor's like, finally, too big of a lie. <laughs> <laughs> now, I thought since you have uh, ma magician friends, how did you appreciate the doctor's increasingly frustrated use of card tricks? Bless. Bless. It's always fun to watch um, anybody do bad magic. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But it, again, Matt Smith has this just adorable floppiness to him that he can pull that sort of thing off in a way that I don't think any of the other Doctor Whos could have done. And I know because of the way you do your, or are, if I can say that, Christmas Carol production, of course we had to have Christmas crackers in the Christmas Carol special. Yeah. With the hats and, yeah, Christmas crackers. So those are very elaborate crowns. Was that typical or is that just like on this alien world they just wear really intricate oh, no, Christmas you crowns? Can, you can get, there are different degrees of Christmas crackers. So you can buy the Christmas crackers from Sainsbury's um, or you can take a step up and buy them from M&S or you can take a step up and buy them from a fancier place and everything goes up. The, the quality of the toy you get, um, some of the fancier Christmas crackers instead of jokes you have meaningful poetry or sayings. So, yeah, no, those those were expensive Christmas crackers. They're supposed to be a poor family, too. Uh, yeah, Again, I'm pointing out. I don't out. know. I don't know. <clears throat> but Maybe having... one of them won the lottery. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, there isn't a lottery. Exactly. That's, exactly. That's what makes it important. And again, because this was the Christmas special, that was sort of between the first series and the second series of Matt, I did like the callbacks to costuming for Amy and Rory. Amy wearing the police outfit from her Kissagram days. And Rory in his centurion outfit. Of course. In the honeymoon suite. Bless. 
kinky, but yep. blessed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Final thought? Well, I would just like to say that I think this is my favorite Christmas special of Doctor Who. There have been a lot of good ones. Other ones, I'm like, eh, they're okay. But this one I, I have watched probably a, a dozen times at this point because I just enjoy it. So, And I think the more I watch, the more I notice things. Like, for instance, very early on, early on in the episode, there's like some lightning flash. And you can see the shark in the clouds before it actually shows up. And so I think when, if you see that, you'll notice that they foreshadow that shark a lot before he finally shows up. So yeah. I think there's a lot to appreciate from repeated viewings of this episode. Yeah, and I really love it. Again, partly because it's just a delightful episode and partly because Christmas Carol is is one of my favorite novellas. So, uh, yeah, good one. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. If you haven't seen it in a while, go back and revisit it. And you, can, you too, can have Christmas in February. <laughs> or whenever you're listening. Right. So, into the TARDIS library we go. So, I admit, I cheated on this one, but I still think it counts. Because we're going to talk about the first Christmas episode of Doctor Who. It's not a cheat. There was a Christmas episode of Doctor Who. Um, and it was the episode called The Feast of Stephen. Now, of course, you know, in classic Who, and some listeners may know this, it's not meaning to patronize, but, the, you know, I usually refer to them as the serials. It's very, even though each of them do have episode names, like a chapter in a book, usually everyone just talks what the episode or the serial is called. So technically, this is in the serial, The Daleks Master Plan. But this episode, we're just going to talk about one episode from that serial because, for one thing, it's a 12-episode serial. and That's a series. Yeah. That's just... I, yeah. I knew if I told you, darling, we're going to need to watch 12 episodes, you would have thrown the microphone out the window. I would have done. Yes. So, um, but The Feast of Stephen was aired on Christmas. And now, I think it's the only episode of Doctor Who to air on Christmas before we started doing Christmas specials with... New Who, so uh, correct, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but I believe so, but that's why I wanted to talk about it. So here's a brief synopsis, actually it's not really a synopsis, more just a description of what they were trying to do with this one episode that was in the middle of this 12-episode serial, with the first Doctor, I should say. Uh, and this was in the 25th of December, 1965, and this was the seventh episode uh, of the serial, like I said, it aired on Christmas Day. And I'm taking this from TARDIS.Wikia. It was decided that it should be a comedic episode with little to do with the overall plot based on the assumption that viewers would either not be watching or would not want to watch the continuation of a grim Dalek tale on this festive occasion. The episode saw the Doctor turn to the camera in the closing moments and wish the viewer a happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. So yeah, so Christmas doesn't feature in the episode itself so much. It's mentioned. Right. Oh, that's true. Yes, because that's, yeah, the police officers are confused and they keep letting them off the hook because it's Christmas Day. Right. Yeah. Now, I know this is, you know, this is a lost episode. This is a lost serial for the most part. I think actually for the, all, the whole part. So we did have to watch the reconstruction of the still photos and the audio, which I did see a funny tweet about from, from a young lady tweeting, I'm married to a guy who watches still photos of Doctor Who with the audio over it. But, yeah. And it wasn't me, so somebody <laughs> else is married to that guy. But anyway, so I know it's a bit of a challenge to watch it that way, but at least what do you think of, the, of this one episode? No, I, I enjoyed it. it. As you say, it's always a challenge just to watch the stills and not actually see the fun things that are happening. 
But um, but they did do things like when the TARDIS disappeared, they made that happen, and you know the flashing light and things like that. So that you know they added bits that made it a little more fun. But this is quite a little zany episode, right? I suppose I should give a little bit of a description. So um, you know, again, the overall plot of the serial won't matter for the moment, other than like they're just being chased by the Daleks, I guess, in the TARDIS. But they land on Earth on Christmas Day. Um, the Doctor ends up getting, getting I guess, arrested. And um, Stephen, I believe, is the companion for this one. I'm doing this off the top of my head. I apologize. And Katarina, I believe, again, that's off the top of my head, so feel free if I'm wrong. But anyway, those are the two companions. And, you know, Stephen dresses up as a policeman, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually they uh, travel out again. And then this time they, they appear. And there's, like, someone, a woman about to be, you know, sawed in half by a, a villain. They go out to save her. Turns out they're on a film set. And that's basically where the entire, most of the episode takes place is in sort of basically doing this sort of... Madcap running around. It's a little bit carry-on. Right. Ilk, same ilk as the carry-on films of, oh, I've stumbled upon this set. That's funny. And, oh, I've stumbled upon this set. That's funny. Now I'm in the Egyptian one. And now I'm in this. It, there's Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> yep. And so it was sort of a very zany. I, I heard one... Uh, online description said that they were kind of aiming for almost panto with this. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's that would be fun. That's something that the new Doctor Who people need to think about. No, it isn't. Can't. Okay, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it, it is very. It's of course frustrating when you're watching this the stills because there's basically everyone yelling is the audio, which yes. I'm sure it's much funnier yeah. when you see the. The, the visual. And can tell who's talking all the time. Exactly. And then there's like some sort of... Uh, there's two jokes. Um, one is there's this sort of frustrated, I guess, actor talking to the doctor. Of like, oh, I can't do this because Chaplin did it. And I can't do this because Chaplin did it. And they're like, oh, what am I supposed to do with a name like Bing Crosby or something, you know? And then my second one is, is I, I, I appreciate it, was that the doctor is confused or someone confused the, the doctor with being some professor, of an expert on um, ancient Egypt or whatever, because they're doing this film uh, with Cleopatra or something like that. And so they, they grab him and talk to him and blah, blah, blah. And then he, you know, scarpers off to the TARDIS. And then basically they show this other gentleman and it's like, no, I'm the professor. And it's William Hartnell dressed as this other professor type. So I thought that was funny. I remember when I watched this the first time, as much as you can watch, or, you know, this kind of episode, and I'm like, okay, you know, kind of crazy. And I think maybe I was doing something else. And then suddenly I hear the doctor like, and Merry Christmas to you that are watching. I'm like, wait, what? What? Is he talking to me? What's going on and here? And yes, yes, he was. <laughs> little fourth wall breaking for this episode. Mm -hmm. Which is nice. And it's also nice, you know, with the film about William Hartnell, um, you don't, you get the impression that things didn't, end well you know he got a little big for his britches and things like that and so this soft side of oh happy christmas everyone that's a nice yeah nice touch i liked it cool yep so we are all christmas out here today so um what are, are we... you gonna take the tree down now <laughs> no darling we have to wait for uh doctor who epiphany to end <laughs> But what are we going to talk about next week that's not Christmas-related? Well, speaking of someone who might have gotten the short end of the stick, in particular from me, because I always say ugly things about him, and now I have a new perspective, we're going to talk about the Ninth Doctor. 
the man who brings it all back and makes it a success and then scarpers without another word. That's right. Came in as quickly as he arrived. So yes, we will be talking about our favorite moments and any non-favorite moments, though. I don't know if we all have any. Um, of the Ninth Doctor, who was, of course, Christopher Eccleston. And hopefully what made his Doctor work. And made Doctor Who work. Yeah, and ultimately made Doctor Who work. Yeah, because, of course, the Eighth Doctor gave it his best shot as well. That wasn't as successful. This one was. Why, one wonders, why? Right, or who. Or who, one wonders. Right. That's not what I was saying at all, darling. Well, until next week, darling, you're my favorite person to spend all the holidays with in all of time and space. Aw, thank you, baby. Let's go build a snowman. Television. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.